Today we have the privilege of welcoming and hearing from Gordon T. Smith. He is the president of Ambrose University in Calgary. He also holds an appointment as the professor of systematic and spiritual theology. He teaches some courses at Regent College uh, focusing on spiritual practices, conversion, and discernment. And personally, I have really benefited uh, from reading a couple of Gordon T. Smith's books on discernment. So, Gordon, we welcome you this morning and thank you for bringing us this, this word. The scripture reading for today is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who had been taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Greetings, sisters and brothers of First Baptist Church, Vancouver. I'm honored to have the opportunity, welcoming the invitation to bring the ministry of the word on this special day, Pentecost Sunday, 2021. Let us pray. God of all grace, grant us, I pray, this grace, that by your spirit and through the ministry of your word, you would illumine our minds, rekindle our hearts, and strengthen our wills. Grant us this grace, we pray, for we ask it in the name of the risen and ascended Lord, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I have been privileged a couple of times, actually, to bring uh, the sermon, to bring the ministry of the word on Ascension Sunday at First Baptist Church, Vancouver. And when Pastor Anthony Brown and I were discussing potential dates for this year, he knew that I would be in the area and wondered if I might bring the ministry of the word again. I wondered if perchance I might have the privilege of doing yet a third Ascension Sunday sermon. And then I thought, hey, that'd be kind of cool. I'm kind of, that's kind of like what I do. I bring an Ascension Sunday sermon for the folks at First Baptist Vancouver. But he asked me to bring the word for today for Pentecost Sunday. And of course, I'm very pleased, I'm honored that on this, what is one of the, the great days in the church calendar, 
I would be able to open the word of God with you, and I trust be a source of encouragement and guidance for you. We need to make the move, of course. We cannot remain, I think ironic here, we cannot remain on Ascension Day and Ascension Sunday. We need to make the move to Pentecost Sunday and the outpouring of the gift of the Spirit that is given to us by the Father in the name of the Ascended Lord Jesus the Christ. The grand conclusion of the Gospel of Luke is indeed the Ascension. Everything within the Gospel of Luke leads up to this climactic moment. There is the Incarnation, there is the life of Jesus, there is the death of Jesus, the bodily resurrection, but now we come to that move, and it really is the climactic moment in the Gospel of Luke, when indeed Jesus moves from his earthly life with us to the right hand of the Father. And now, from this position, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He is the one through whom all things were created, and now he is the one through whom, as we read in the book of Ephesians and in the book of Colossians, the one through whom and in whom all things are being made whole. He is the Lord of the cosmos, we read in the book of Ephesians, and he is also the head of the Lord of the church. And now we look forward to the day when the one who has been ascended will be revealed. But in making this phenomenal move to the right hand of the Father, when we see him anticipating this move at the end of the Gospel of Luke, we, he, we read that he urges us to wait. He urges, pardon me, his disciples to wait, to wait for the day in which a promise would be given to them, that the promised one would be provided for them. And then, at the beginning of the book of Acts, the same kind of situation emerges. Jesus is speaking about his ascension, but he urges his disciples to wait. For what? For indeed, that period of time between the Ascension and Pentecost Sunday, it's a liminal time. It's a waiting time. In the same way that in the, in the, uh, in the Advent season, we are celebrating Advent, waiting for the coming of the Christ child. In a similar fashion, you might say, between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we know it's coming, but we learn to wait for the celebration of the triumph of Christ over the tomb. In like manner, the church here is invited to wait, to move between the Ascension Day, 10 days ago, to this day, Pentecost Sunday, and to wait, in this case, to wait for the gift. We are, yes, the Ascension ref reflects the triumph of God over all things, but we wait for what? For the promised one, the Spirit, the one sent from the Father, the one through whom the Son will anoint, baptize, fill all creation, the church, and each believer. We are urged to wait for Pentecost. That is because this day, Pentecost, is the essential counterpart to the ascension. All the work of God in Christ, all the work of God in Christ, from incarnation to cross to resurrection to ascension, all of it presumes and is made present to us on the day of Pentecost through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is by the Spirit that the purposes of the Father in Christ are fulfilled in the church, in the world, and in each individual Christian's life. And so we need to what well, we need to make this move from the ascension to Pentecost, from the Christ 
of the cross in the ascension to indeed this day where we receive this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is, we need to recognize that the full meaning and experience of the ascension is made present to us through Pentecost. The problem, it seems to me, is that some Christians, it seems, never get to Pentecost. The Spirit is either a strange or a distant person or experience. Sometimes, it seems, Christians even have a certain ambivalence. They do not want to go there. And that, it seems to me, is deeply unfortunate. For indeed, the clear biblical witness is that if you want to live in union with Christ, if you want to know the grace of God in Christ, in life, work, and witness, it is in the fullness of the Spirit that we are called, as we read in the book of Galatians, to live by the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be guided by the Spirit, to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And indeed, as the Apostle Paul puts it in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we are to pray in the Spirit at all times and on all occasions. That is, living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit is taken as a given. And yet there are others, it seems, who without doubt get to Pentecost Sunday. Without doubt, they speak about having received the gift of the Spirit. But for them, it seems, the ascension and Christ, frankly, seems to have been left in the rearview mirror. They've moved on. And now they are pneumo-centered or spirit-centered Christians. And the ascension and Christ are seemingly almost secondary. The Spirit and Pentecost have become everything. And thus we have what you might speak of as Jesus Christians who never seem to get to Pentecost and spirit Christians who have left the ascension as in the rearview mirror, as I put it. However, this is not the expectation of Christ or the witness of our ancient faith that affirms that God is Father, Son, and Spirit, and not only is our confession, our conviction, and our theology deeply Trinitarian, so also is our experience. First of all, that means, of course, that we have to get to Pentecost, and that in so doing, we learn what it means to live by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, bear the fruit of the Spirit. But in so doing, we do not leave the ascension behind <clears throat> or the ascended Christ. Not for a moment. Rather, precisely through the gift of the Holy Spirit, through the gift of Pentecost, we come to a full appreciation of Christ. We are drawn into union with Christ. And we know what it means to live the Christian life, all of it, of course, in the Spirit. Well, of course, first and fundamentally, what then does it mean for us to live in light of Pentecost, to lift up our hearts and receive the gift that is given to us on this day, Pentecost Sunday? Well, first and fundamentally, we grow in our capacity to know Jesus, love Jesus, and serve Jesus. All that we long for in Christ is increasingly fulfilled in us by the Spirit. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, come, that we might love Jesus more deeply, know him more intimately, and serve him more generously. But then also, we learn to live in radical dependence upon the Spirit, leaning into, into the grace of God in Christ that is made present to us through the immediate presence of the Spirit in our lives. As I noted, 
We learn to walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, bear the fruit of the Spirit, to be guided by the Spirit. I use the word immediate intentionally. It suggests a consciousness of the Spirit's activity in our hearts, our minds, and our relationships. And it is to this end that we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. There's also something that we see so vividly in the life of Jesus and in the life of the early church. When you read the Gospel of Luke, you are deeply conscious of the fact that indeed Jesus came, he, he was anointed the Messiah by the Spirit. He lived with a deep awareness of the Spirit's guidance and direction in his life, work, and ministry. Indeed, we read also further that he lived in a joy that was given to him through the grace of the Holy Spirit. And in like manner, we see this in the life of the early church, that they were empowered by the Spirit, they were guided by the Spirit, that both individually and collectively, the life of the church was marked by the presence of the Spirit. And thus, in a confusing and bewildering world, we so long for the inner witness of the Spirit who would guide us, encourage us, and direct us. And to this end, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And then also, we need to speak of the ways in which the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the gift of Pentecost, is evident in that how is, ev is evident in how, while fear, anxiety, and worry so mark our society, our world, our culture, when we receive this gift, Fear, anxiety, and worry are dissipated, and we are given the grace to live with an uncanny, an uncanny serenity, an uncanny peace in a confusing and difficult world. We know the abiding and resilient joy of God and the peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that makes sense only because we know, and we are guided into an existential appreciation that Christ sits, the Ascended One sits on the throne of the universe. We have this joy, we live in this peace, not as a human accomplishment, but as a gift of the Spirit that is given to us as a Christian community. And so we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And it all comes down to, and back to this, that in the Spirit, we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the Ascended One, that in the Spirit, we are drawn into greater union with Him to know, to love, and to serve Him, and that in the Spirit, we are equipped, empowered, anointed to do the good work to which we are each called to do in Christ. It is to this end that we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. On this day, Pentecost Sunday, we have an opportunity to do two things. First of all, to make confession, to confess Father, Son, and Spirit, the triune God, and to celebrate the gift that is given to us individually and collectively by the Father who, in Christ, has sent the Spirit to be our comforter and advocate. And then second, to ask that indeed we would grow in our capacity to be attentive, to not only celebrate the gift, but then affirm again and again that we have this gift, and therefore we need to lean into the grace that is given to us in Christ 
to be not so much Jesus Christians or spirit Christians, but women and men who worship God as Father, Son, and Spirit, and then in our daily lives, learn to walk in the Spirit to the greater glory of Christ. To this end, we say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.